The other day I was at the park with the dogs and uh, another dog owner there, he's like, how old is Momo? And he said he's almost 13. And he's like, how long do you think he has left? <laughs> and I was kind of like, wow, that's a question. So I kind of just said, you know, I'm hoping he sticks around for the summer. I, I obviously can't know. Um, but yeah, hard questions are okay. That's Andrew Knapp talking about his best friend, Momo, a black and white border collie. Andrew gets hard questions about Momo all the time these days, mostly on his hugely popular socials. When you look in the comments, along with hundreds of heart eyes and hug emojis, you see the genuine concerns of all these people, people who've watched Momo grow up and grow old online. Andrew's Canadian, and he's a photographer and graphic designer. Back in 2011, in the early days of Instagram, Andrew posted a photo there which would change his life entirely. You can still see it. It's a tranquil image, like you're stopped for a moment on a forest path and everything around is bathed in the golden colours of fall. Then, back behind the tall grasses, you make out the face of a little black and white dog gazing right at you, Momo. The story goes that Andrew threw a stick into the woods that day and it was Momo who began this epic game of hide-and-seek. When he got back home, something about the visual challenge of the picture clicked with Andrew's design sense, so he started a series of pictures like this and he tagged it, Find Momo. I was sharing it on Instagram and my friends were tagging their friends and saying, hey, check this out, my friend is hiding his dogs in photos. (laughs) (laughs) It went viral uh, and people enjoyed it. That right there. It went viral and people enjoyed it. BuzzFeed picked up on the fine Momo thing and soon Andrew and Momo had 100,000 followers. Before the bots came to Instagram, that was a huge number. That following helped man and dog travel widely across the Americas, then to Europe and build a kind of community around them. Lots of us have a deep affection for dogs we've only come to know through social media. And so... I wanted to know, what's going on behind the scenes with this guy and his now senior dog, who's beloved by thousands of strangers? I'm Michelle Ransom-Hughes, and this is Oh My Dog. When Andrew first got a puppy, he couldn't have known it would lead to them publishing four photo books together. The most popular of these by far was a board book for kids, so naturally the publishers asked him if he'd like to make another. I said I'd love to make another one with some sort of purpose, you know, something behind it, you know, and, and I wasn't going to steer the ship into um, showing kids how to protest or, <laughs> or fight for what's right environmentally or whatever, but... Obviously, as an animal lover, you have an appreciation for nature and you recognize its importance 
and uh, at the very root of that is just the connection with it. So I said, let's make, let's find Momo outdoors, where we go on a camping trip, so it's accessible, you know. Before Andrew got a dog, he was a fairly urban kind of dude. I definitely owe a lot of my appreciation for the outdoors uh, to Momo. When I got a border collie almost 13 years ago, and uh, we were getting bored of the walk down the street and the walk to the park, um, there was only one thing left to do, one place left to go, and that was to hit the trails to start to explore the, the hills and the little mountains in my northern Ontario landscape. And so we got out there and we started finding our, our favorite spots. And I think we started finding a lot of solace in just being in the quietness of outdoors. Um, there was something so, uh, so calming about it, so attractive about it. No one's suggesting they've become intrepid. I'm uncomfortable when it's too cold. I, I hate it. I can't stand the cold. I'm from northern Ontario and I wasn't meant to be. So, yeah, I'm comfortable when the weather is right. I do, you know, I travel by van a lot, so I have amenities. Um, though, you know, I don't have a toilet, typically. Uh, and I do love the outdoors for that. Um, <laughs> but I'm not really an uh, outdoors adventure type. You know, I have friends who, who go out there with a backpack and they pack their life in their backpack and they go for seven day treks or whatever they do. And it's beautiful. And I, I've yet to really break through that. So I'd say I'm comfortable because I bring my comforts with me and I haven't yet done the super adventurous, um, stuff. And it's mostly because I have the dogs. Um, well, that's my excuse at least. Yeah, they mostly travel by van. But these stunning images of Momo in pristine lakes and on dappled forest trails by the shores of mighty rivers, they're pretty aspirational. They make me daydream about maybe going hiking. But what's it really like out there? In the experience of being outdoors, whether you're on a bike or hiking or uh, or or in a, in a canoe or whatever, you're mostly thinking about like surviving. Like if you're doing a seven day hike, um, you're spending a lot of hours every day moving. And then there's this moment where you've eaten, or there's this moment where you're in the middle of the lake and there's no bugs. Or there's this moment where the sun's starting to go down and it's cooling off. Um, and those little moments of, of, um, where you can, where you have no choice but to be mindful. You know, you're basically forced into a meditative state, um, dizzy from walking and moving, and you're just, you're just being. Those, those are the, you know, the most beautiful moments. Or at the end of the day, where you're, you're, you're sitting next to a fire and watching it crackle, and you're either laughing with someone or chatting about something deep, or completely quiet and just watching it and feel no need at all to say anything. The trip that we took for this kid's book was stressful. 
I was in the heat of summer. I had two dogs with me in the car. Boo was still a puppy in training. And it was in the midst of the pandemic where, funny enough, the outdoors had never been busier because everybody was escaping. So all of the quiet little spots that I was hoping to find were inundated with people. And I was, I was like, this is great. It's nice to see everyone getting outside, but also where's my quietude? Somehow in the vastness of Canada, he found it and made photos. And now they're in a book. I asked Andrew about his childhood dog, TJ. TJ was uh, a sweet border collie, um, the the red, the red colored border collie. I was the fourth of four kids. I definitely felt like uh, an afterthought, you know. Um, I was a, I felt like a burden back then, and um, I was kind of a loner, and. Um, uh, yeah, I like to stay out of the way, but then TJ was uh, always, you know, ready to interact, loved to go on walks with me, and I loved to go on walks with him, and I, you know, trained him how to bring the ball back and put it in my hand, and I was always really proud of that, and kind of fell in love with Border Collies because of that, and it was my first connection with any of our, our dogs. We had Tuffy before TJ, and TJ is actually Tuffy Jr. <laughs> he was funny. Um, but yeah, TJ was my connection. There it is, Andrew and a border collie back in the 90s. And another thing, his dad brought home a digital camera. It was the Apple Quick Take. It was the lowest resolution camera you could imagine, but I think that was the one that really got me. Yeah, because I didn't feel like if I was shooting film, um, I had to get a ride. To develop it, I had to figure out how to develop it, and I, I wasn't a kid who would go out of his way to figure things out. I was a kid who liked to stay out of everyone's way, and having the digital camera meant I didn't have to bother anyone. Lone a kid with a camera needs subject. So I, I would take photos of Tuffy. I remember I'd, I would do, I would like replace my head with Tuffy's head in Corel photo paint or whatever it was called and did all these weird things. Early memes. Yeah, early memes. I love this so much. Very Michael Apted. This is Momo. And I'm and he, finding him. Cody is with the author of Find Momo. That's Momo right there. <laughs> yeah, that's Momo. Yeah, that's Momo. Right. <laughs> he brought his friend Andrew Knapp. Thanks for having us and letting and then, us lick your couch. Ah. Good to see you, man. See you and of course, Momo. When I say Momo got famous, we're not talking Doug the Pug-style internet fame. Yeah, they've done breakfast TV and a TED Talk, but Momo doesn't get dressed up. The endorsements they do are on-brand and pretty low-key. The vibe is mostly about being kind and just, how great is Momo? But it interests me that someone who felt so outside of things as a kid now has this very public-facing life via his dog. I see Instagram as a show and tell. And I used to love show and tell because show and tell meant, and I just mean like I brought something interesting to class because I liked the attention of being seen. And so Instagram became the show and tell culture. 
that was, I think that was born out of my coping mechanisms as a kid. That is so cute. Can I just ask you though, with our show and tell, no one was allowed to ask you any questions. Right. No one can one-up you about it. <laughs> no one can say, yeah, but I have this. <laughs> I suppose that'd be like a no comments post. Yeah. Yeah. Comments barred. <laughs> Do you read the comments? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm obsessed. It's, I think, I think, um, I think there's some narcissism in there. <laughs> like when you, you know, you, you like to read the comments and see what the feedback is. I, I don't know what the obsession is with reading comments. Um, People are communicating with you. Why wouldn't you want to read them? Yeah, it's attention. I love attention. <laughs> as much as I've worked on that and, you know, I've, I've managed it and kind of like navigated it. Uh, I still love the attempt. I still love attention. I think I it think must be so complex, though, because you'd. I mean, you've been doing it for such a long time now. So, yeah, you'd, it would have changed your relationship with the audience or the friends or the fans or how, however you describe them, the followers. It's it's definitely kind of become like less of a conversation tool and more of a conversation. I see the same people, and I. I feel like I know a lot of them by name and by little profile picture, you know? Um, the ones that comment all the time or the ones that send me messages or the ones that, you know, even subscribe to the newsletter or um, they, yeah, I, I feel like I know them and it, it, it feels nice, you know? It feels like love. It feels like, um, it feels like friends. <laughs> and it, especially in a time where I definitely miss hanging out with friends. I miss going to friends' places and just um, being a bunch of people in a backyard. Um, it's nice to have that. I guess especially right now, it's nice to have that. It's interesting that there's a condition around it. It feels like friends. I mean, well, I, I guess, and but I, I guess I have met a lot of people. We did our book tours. You know, we did. A book tour for every book, I think. So we've met like thousands of people, and I, I talk about bridges. You know how our, you know, dogs are bridges to our life's events. Uh, Momo has met my mom, who passed away six or seven years ago now, and Momo has met Boo, and Boo's not met my mom. So there's that, these connections of things in our lives that dogs are this, you know, if we're lucky. 13 or so year bridge between our life's events and the the connection is you know it's big like the the, the connection to my mom or it's um, smaller like the thousands of people that he's met and these people who message me um, and say you know I, I got to meet Momo um, in Ohio in 2017. And this is a picture um, that I took of you and Momo or me and Momo. And uh, those are really special. And back then it was, it was a, a whirlwind. And um, now it's a, a little tiny bridge. Do you mean there's a bit less sort of noise around it all at the moment? Yeah, Definitely. I think um, I've tried to calm down in the past few years. I, in 2019, I decided to to to, to try to stay in place a little better um, because the traveling, you know, travel traveling for me was an escape. 
was a way to not deal with things. Um, so I decided I'm going to not travel for a little bit and really try to work on those things. And then end of 2019 and I didn't get very far and then 2020 happened and, uh, had no choice but to keep trying. So (laughs) it's been a lot calmer and I've been really practicing, um, being rather than needing to be wherever is next. Andrew's been pretty reflective on his socials this past year. He's talked about grief and also about giving up drinking. This apparent openness is a real feature of a lot of his posts, especially so when he adopted a second dog, that's Boo. Poor Momo, not pleased for a while there. Things off camera weren't picture perfect and Andrew didn't pretend they were. When I adopted Boo as a second dog, I wanted a dog that Momo, you know, can, can, can hang out with and get along with. So I got this dog knowing it wasn't a purebred border collie, but believing it was part border collie. It was advertised as a, as a border collie. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. As long as it's part border collie, then Momo will probably love to play with this dog. And it turned out that he is a Texas mutt. I think he's part cattle dog, um, part terrier, maybe part Dalmatian. He's a really interesting looking dog. Really interesting. And where Momo is black and white, Boo is white and black. I like to look for meaning in things because it helps me work on things or help me, helps me understand things. And, but yeah, Boo is reverse of Momo. And I feel like, uh, Maybe that's because I need to shift gears in life, you know? And there was a, the, the godly occurrence of, uh, Momo's face appearing in Boo's fur in his spots on his back. Boo has like, he's, he's got this like merle speckle. I looked at it one day. I was like, Oh my God, that's Momo's face. Granted, I do see Momo's face everywhere. Well, you said it. <laughs> Yeah. Momo's face has become like family to the fans too. Sometimes we watch the little videos of Momo staring right into the lens. We can imagine he's looking at us. We've watched his colours fade, the regal silver come through, and the outline of that lovely dog. Has it blurred just a little And so we ask in the comments, how's Momo? And we wonder to ourselves, how long do Border Collies live? When I'm petting his face, he's usually looking at me in the eyes. Um, I think that connection is is getting harder um, because he's got uh, cognitive dysfunction and he's got arthritic pain, which... um, you know, navigating and trying to manage best I can. It, you know, when I'm scratching his head now, sometimes he starts to twist his head into my hand and like twists it like an owl, like 270 degrees, you know? Um, so there's, there's been less opportunities for uh, those connections, which is, that's been, that's been hard. I, I, I lay down on the floor next to him often enough and just kind of sit with him. 
it's it's definitely not what it was uh, when he was younger and agile and moved around a lot. It's its own new thing that's teaching me completely different things, or at least teaching me things in a completely different way. Yeah, it's definitely a, a changing relationship. Less him taking care of me and more me taking care of him at this point. Are you ready for that? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't want it, but uh, I'm ready for it. If I had a choice, I would say, let's get Puppy Momo back. But uh, we don't get that choice. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for him and actually have his massage therapist appointment in a little bit. I bring him to his hydrotherapy every week. We do all sorts of things for his hips and his health. But it's interesting. We do it in hopes that we can reverse things a little bit when the truth of it is that age is age. You know, he's he's just old. It's, it's not like, you know, oh, his arthritis has progressed to this point. Let's reverse it. It's That's not an option. It's, it's let's manage the pain to make sure he's happy and comfortable. Mm. Was it hard to get to that point of acceptance? It's so gradual, you know. Uh, I think it's harder when it happens all at once, right? Uh, and I, you know, I know that when the time comes, it will feel abrupt. Um, but so far, it's been gradual. But there, there, there have been moments, there was a day, maybe a month ago, where suddenly he couldn't get up at all. Mm. That was really hard. And... A couple of days later, he started getting up on his own again, and and so I'm 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 fearful of another day like that. But it's worse, you know, because I don't know why that happened, or um, it, we didn't do anything differently. So I know that it could be unprovoked, that it could be completely unexpected, and I mean I'm ready to manage it. I have been. Uh, I've started. This was really difficult, actually, last week. I decided to start researching at home euthanasia and that's hard. (laughs) That's another step, isn't it? Yeah, but it's, um, I think it's important to do, uh, before it's, it's important to do while my friend said, while you don't need to do it. His least favorite place in the world is the vet. And so that's not, where he's coming to an end. So I need to make sure of that. In the meantime, Andrew has a new book. He seems super happy to be sharing Momo and Boo this way. It's the opportunity to share it and for people to be able to sit with the the magical creature that is Momo and get to know him and get to see my photos which is really cool and get some of the experience that that I'm getting. And I think that's, you know, the goal of my art at least is to share the experience. Um, The feedback of that is a really beautiful thing. What sort of feedback do you enjoy the most? Uh, There's one person, at least one person whose mother or um, a family member had dementia and said that, the Momo book was something that they shared with them and that they could connect to with them. And there was some uh, kids with autism that connected with their uh, care 
givers through the book, through, you know, playing fine Momo. I can't ask for anything more than a created connection, you know. On his website, Andrew has these metal pins or badges that I like, and they say, be more like your dog. I'd love to know some of the things that you identify as being very dog-like or that you and Momo have in common. I think one of the things I appreciate the most is uh, curiosity. There's a quote, I think it's Walt Whitman, be curious, not judgmental. It's probably better worded than that. Dogs approach everything, I think, most of the time with curiosity. And I, I, I love that. What else do you think is, is a great quality of dogs that you would aspire to have more of in your life? Probably the ability to exert 100% of my energy. I think um, intrinsically humans are lazy, at least I am. <laughs> well, we're not lazy, we just, we just preserve our energy, right? We're good at that. When dogs, you know, if we had that energy, that gusto, that like you throw a ball for a border collie in his youth, he will give a hundred percent. He will run with every single tissue of, of muscle in his body to catch that ball. That's a great one. And there are lots of ways of giving a hundred percent. From what I can see, Andrew's doing it by caring for his dear Momo with exactly that amount of gusto. Thanks, Andrew, for speaking to me from British Columbia. Momo and Boo are on Instagram under Andrew Knapp. That's K-N-A-P-P. Oh My Dog is made on the land of the Turrbal and Jagera people, whose sovereignty was never ceded. This episode was written and produced by me, Michelle Ransom-Hughes, music kindly provided by Sergi Boal, and also by Sound of Picture. The mix is by Dylan, and our theme is by Saya. You can find all the music credits on our website, along with transcripts and photographs. Special thanks to Wendy Love, Helena Bachkovsky and Sophie Ransom, and to Rebecca Armstrong for introducing me to Momo. And thank you for listening to Oh My Dog. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having us. I really appreciate it, and I, I really love what you're doing. Um, but the idea of chatting with people about their dogs is so simple and so beautiful and so important. It's important work. <laughs> uh, yeah, Let, let's keep doing it. Okay. Okay.